Greetings and salutations. I hope your day is both tranquil and fulfilling. I am Athanasius, and welcome back to the podcast of the Boldly Immortal. And welcome especially today to the apocalypse, the end of days. Well, soon, right? I mean, we're not quite there yet, I'll admit, but it's coming very quickly. Um, we have to be prepared. Uh, I think we should we should look forward to it with anticipation. And uh, because we know it's, it's coming very, very quickly, we should be ready to celebrate when it arrives. Um, or more accurately, uh, did arrive, will arrive in, uh, what is it, uh, three days from now on Friday. Ah, yes, that's right. Holy Week is a, is a wonderful thing, and um, I'm very much looking forward to commemorating the end of time the, as it ended about 2,000 years ago on a Friday afternoon. Um, and then the new eon of the human existence began again on Sunday morning. Ah, uh, what a what a wonderful what a wonderful thing to to remember, and what a wonderful thing to be commemorating in these uh, days of of constant worry. It seems of economic and political turmoil. Well, not political too much yet, but uh, just you wait. Um, and uh, these these times of change where where we're realizing that the way we lived our lives before uh, may not have been the way we want to and the way that is most sustainable and uh, I hope that we're all we're all taking this time to to think about the options for the future and as as Christians we need to make sure that that future that we build towards is one that is in line with what we actually desire, is one that is in line with what is good and right. Uh, and, and the thing is, that's going to take a lot of sacrifices. That's going to take some changes. That's going to take some willingness to, to be wrong about certain items. And I look forward to entertaining those challenges with, uh, with you and with the general community of, of the faith. In particular today, I'm just going to talk again, much like I did, uh, was it last Monday? Um, this is going to be a kind of an update, uh, open mic thoughts kind of episode. Uh, I think I might might actually just kind of switch back and forth. Hopefully I'll get back to a weekly schedule, but uh, I don't want don't to spend all my time writing out the beginnings of these and, and just going with the, the written versions because there is a certain constriction of topic and that's good and that's helpful and I hope, that, I hope you're appreciating that. Um, I have no idea. Nobody comments. It sucks. Um, but I do also like the ability to speak off, off the cuff and I think it, it's healthy for me to encourage myself to do that. Now, if the audio sounds weird, again... Um, after you know the mic change, uh, it I had to go through a little bit of a period of fixing things. But now I've done something a little bit more fundamentally different, and I've changed my actual workstation. Uh, so for the longest time, I was working at this this big old desk, probably about three cubits across uh, long, and maybe a cubit in two spans um, deep. Um, for those of you who aren't quite aware, a, a cubit is going to be from your fingertip, your middle finger, to your elbow. And it's, it's a really convenient way of measuring things. Um, when you don't have a, a tape measure, it's remarkably inconsistent between people, 
But if you're building something relative to someone, right? So if I want to talk about the relative size of my desk to me, well, it's actually a rather helpful measurement. Uh, so I've got this pretty big, pretty big desk that I've had to try and figure out what to do with. Uh, and I've got my, my setup, my nice computer and monitors and, and, and the like, and I've got my microphone there. And I had a really nice desk chair that I got for really cheap because they didn't have any in stock. So all I, so I got the display version. It was great. Um, but at a certain point, I realized that wasn't very helpful. I realized that I wasn't getting the value that I could out of this working space. And um, some of that was the, some of that was simply that I'm, I'm not exactly the most efficient person. And when I see inefficiencies in my life, I need to clean and reorganize. That's just how my, how my brain tends to work. Um, I must have driven my mother crazy. But whenever I needed to do something, I would clean. Or a lot of the times, um, since I've you know gotten a beard, it would be shave the beard, right? Clean up. Clean the outside of the world to try and get an opportunity, get a chance to put my mind in a new headspace, right? I talked about this a little earlier in the year with shaving my head, which has turned out to be a rather smart idea since, again, right, you can't get a haircut, so I consider myself vindicated. Um, but that ability to clean the outside world, right? Clean your room if you want to put yourself in order. Well, if I'm already in an order that I want to get out of, if I'm in a, a space that I want to escape, I need to change something. So the, the logical thing to do in this case was to try and think about what I actually want out of my workspace, right? What do I want to do and how do I want to approach it? And the realization is we spend so much of our day sitting down. We have computers that allow us to do that and, in fact, seem to demand us to do that. We don't, as a, as a culture, spend as much time on our feet, I think, as we, as we could. And this is one of the reasons why standing desks have become more popular. It's a, it's a feature where you can put your computer mo monitor and your um, keyboard and mouse on a an adjustable height system and then you can move it up and down so that you can stand while you're working it's a very new new idea uh, as far as i know a very hipster kind of thing i saw it in some startups that uh you know were nearby one of the spaces i worked but i had never thought of doing it myself until um recently and so just the other day i was Trying to, I was trying to clear my head, and so I, I was going to do a complete fast, right? I did this on, on Saturday to prepare myself for the, the Passion Tide coming up, where I usually, uh, over the past few years, I've been doing a full, like, basically three-day fast, two, two-and-a-half-day fast. Um, so I wanted to prepare myself for that by fasting on Saturday. And the problem with that was, right, I'm already on a weird diet where eating is not as common and snacking basically doesn't exist, so that's one thing that you would usually do when you're bored, gone, completely gone. Um, but now I'm cutting out even those other meals, that cooking time that I would usually spend, gone. Um, and, and then I said, okay, well, let's make it even harder. And I've got this little switch on my uh, little power extension uh, cable for my computer, which controls my computer and my Wi-Fi. And I turned that all off all at once. And I said, all right, I can't eat. 
I can't use the computer, figure something else out. And this is what I've gotten out of it. I have, I have gotten a whole bunch of crates together and built myself a standing desk. It's not adjustable, but right now I am standing at about eye level with uh, a wall clock and just below it is my monitor. Um, and then I've got another monitor off to the side that's even higher, that's basically even with that, uh, with that clock. And I'm, I'm standing here now talking to you, um, and I plan to be talking here for as long as I can, get a little good little workout in. Um, if, I need to, if I need to burn a few extra calories, I could always march in place, which would probably mess up the audio a little bit, so I, I'll try and avoid that. But it's been interesting to see how my, my schedule immediately changed with regards to this computer, with, with regards to how I used it. Suddenly, it didn't become a place to sit down and um, relax. Suddenly, the couch looked a lot more relaxing than my computer. And suddenly, because m m the technology was all on this massive desk of mine with this, you know, these towering screens that that are, you know, holding out over everything, they're just. It's really kind of a punk. It's, it's kind of a punk thing. It looks. I mean, it's because it's a weird combination of these these crates, these plastic crates, and then really elegant monitors on top of them. It's it's a fascinating image. But I've got all my technology here. I got my phone charging over there. And then the moment I step away from it, though, the moment I sit down, I'm away from the technology. It's a totally different environment. It's a different world. If I need to work, I've got a workspace over in my uh, dining area. But those two things have now separated one another, and the computer is, has become a workspace, a proper workspace. Um, and the beauty is that because I can't move it up and down, I can't sit. I've effectively moved that wonderful office chair to my, my entryway for, for shoes if I ever end up needing to go out because I don't want to sit. I have no need. If I need to sit, I should go sit down. I've got a book. I've got plenty of, of other things to do with myself. I've got several books, quite, quite a few actually. Um, but there are other things I can do with myself other than sitting here on, on the computer. And I think it's, it's made me more aware of the amount of time I used to spend on this thing. It's a nice computer and it's got a lot of features and I enjoy spending time on it, playing, uh, playing games or, uh, or going online and um, listening to different talks or listening to podcasts occasionally um, or just goofing around, right? It's good. It's good fun. But there's something very fundamentally different about standing and watching a movie. And it's strange because I've done, I've done a little bit of it already. Um, and my, you know, I've, I've tried talking with a couple of friends while I'm standing and the difference in, in how it affects my attention is phenomenal. I have always had the problem of my attention being easily dis, uh, taken away. I have this, I don't know, this urge to explore the world around me and to take it in and control it, right? Understand the space because by understanding it, I can control it. You know, it's a it's a character trait I think that that has its benefits and its drawbacks. But when I'm standing, 
what I'm standing for some reason, the the tech space becomes more focused, becomes more limited in scope. And so I can't play a you know four or five different things on my screen at the same time. I can't get distracted if somebody else is talking to me. Suddenly there's focus involved. There's a there's a presence of the other person that I have to recognize. Uh, and perhaps it's just because I have to actually monitor my my physical space. You know, I actually have to think about who I am and how I'm presenting myself. Um, I have to actually think about the content I'm engaging with. And I, I am actually spending time using energy to do whatever I'm on here to do. And I think that that probably triggers a subconscious uh, mechanism in my head that says, hey, um, don't spend too much time on here because you're standing, right? And you could be sitting. So it's been it's been a very strange few days for me to to try and get used to this this pattern. And I want to keep it, honestly. It's one of those it's one of those little tricks that that I find in my everyday life that allows me to get that little extra edge on on myself. Um, one of them was one of those tricks was art, right? Having art in a space, having some sort of visual um, entity taking up wall space. Like I, when I was uh, in college, didn't really think about that effect. I knew that there was something going on. Uh, there was some reason people put things on walls. But the fundamental difference of having something to look at, something um, detailed and actually meaningful on your walls is it's phenomenal how quickly that makes a space feel more comfortable, um, feel more rich. And I think it I think it has to do with that attention, with that ability to engage with a space, with some order that exists in in the space itself. So I've been enjoying this uh, this change of pace. And combined with all the other changes that I've made, I, I mean, honestly, this is this feels like the last step, um, maybe but two, toward an actually sustainably healthy lifestyle, right? So I've already tried to work on exercise. I've tried to work on sleep. I've tried to work on um, now diet, which is arguably the biggest one. Um, and we'll touch back on that because, of course, I'm going to touch back on that. Uh, but now this is trying to avoid sitting, which I think is good. It'll help me with posture. And then the biggest one is then going to be just getting uh, vitamin D, which is very, very important. Um, it is one of those things that, unfortunately, we are generally deficient in. And thankfully, we are in a, in a time where going outside and taking a walk is easier than ever because we're all at home. Um, and... Even if you're just walking around your your front yard or or your local community, you're going to be seeing some some serious benefits if you get some some good sunlight. Um, and apparently, the the sunlight. So I, I burn very easily. My skin's very light, and I tend to sunburn. But apparently, the sunburn is coming from a different uh, light frequency, effectively than the. Uh, then the vitamin D comes from. So there's like different levels of, of waves that you can get from the sun. Uh, but the, the ones that burn aren't actually the same as the ones that give you what you need. So the burn comes from a different source. But the thing is, what we end up doing is when we put on sunscreen, we block the stuff that gives you vitamin D 
and not the harmful stuff. So you don't burn, but you get the harmful stuff anyway, and your body just doesn't give you the reaction to tell you that you've gotten that, uh, which is which is just so stupid of us. Um, and apparently also, I, I want to warn you that the the harmful waves are not blocked by windows, but the good ones are. Now, you can do your own research on this. Um, I'll see if I can link something in maybe the description to, to show you how that all works, a uh, couple of presentations on that. But that's something to note is that just being inside isn't going to give you the same effect, isn't going to give you the, the vitamin D that you actually need, that your body needs to, to uh, work. Um, I do have the benefit of being a redhead, which means that my, uh, my skin's going to recover a little bit faster. I don't need as much uh, time outside to get all the vitamin D that I need. Um, but that uh, that's, doesn't mean my body actually produces it itself. It simply means that I don't have to spend as much time. Uh, so it's still important to get outside. And that's one of those things that I do want to work on, uh, especially right now that we have such a wonderful bounty of time on our hands um, due to the continuing quarantine. Uh, I hope you all are doing okay. And I hope I sincerely hope that none of you are running into any shortages or having to resort to malnutrition to get by just to scrape by. Um, I think it's a it's a fantastic thing that this is all coming at the time of Lent that is the most uh, well, I mean, Lent, Lent in general is just a very good time for fasting to occur. And I think it's going to be a little bit harder when Easter arrives. But I know for myself, like I said, I'll be uh, fasting for a few days here uh, coming up on Saturday, or basically Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which has, you know, like I, like I said, on last Saturday I did it, and gee, the amount of, of clarity of mind I had once I actually got over myself was fantastic. Um, I really cannot highly enough recommend fasting. Uh, if you want to... Try it out. I would recommend not doing it for uh, multiple days at first. Just try it for a day and and see how bad the cravings are, and see how much you you just sit. You want to eat. You you feel this urge to eat, and then remind yourself, oh wait, I know I don't. I don't need to. You know, you, as long as you're getting enough water, you should be fine. Uh, people can go very very long periods of time without food. Um, there's a reason that. In a case of an emergency, what you you need water, but food food isn't as high a priority. If you don't have clean water, you will die. If you don't have food, you'll die eventually. But the body is very forgiving, and especially if you've got some fat stores, you're uh, like yours truly. You've got plenty of time. And so I've been already in, incorporating uh, intermittent fasting. I've been eating basically within a uh, eight to six to eight hour window every day and then fasting for the rest of it. Um, so that's already gotten me through the, into the habit of reminding my body that there's specific, that it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need food all the time. All right. Use the food stores you have. You don't need to add something from the outside every single moment of every single day. That combined with the fact that I've tried to work myself off of sugars and carbs means that I don't have to worry about the the food that I get being non-nutritious, right? If I'm going, if I'm eating, I know it's good for me. I know it's going to provide for all the hunger I need. So I've trained my body. Hey, when food comes in, it's you know enjoy it and and suck it up and use it for all it's worth. 
because everything you need is in there. And so I've already been working to get my body to the point where it doesn't need to have food all the time and going without food for a little while, eh, you know, okay, that's, that's all right. This, I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty good um, fast for me because the preliminary one that I did, I really didn't feel much of anything in terms of negative effects. In fact, the clarity of mind that came about after um, probably a full day, you know, once I'd hit 24 hours without food, the, 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 there was like a mental fog that started to disappear or dissipate. Um, a, a, a focus was a lot more present in my, in my faculties. And you know, maybe the problem in front of me right now is I haven't been, I've been eating too much. And so my words are stumbling, but there was a, there was a actual observe, observable benefit from that state. Um, now you could say, well, maybe your body was just on hyper alertness because it knows it needs food. Well, maybe, um, but maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. Maybe it's not bad for you to enter that state and try and get your body to use its own reserves, to utilize what it already has, to remind yourself that maybe you don't need everything that you, you've been adding to your life. You know, what better time than now to do that? Um, I will say I am thoroughly looking forward to uh, breaking the carnivore diet in just a week, right? Less than that, five days, five days. On on Easter Sunday, I will be reintroducing vegetables into my diet. Um, and that's going to be, I mean, I don't know what that's going to be like. I, I might not even enjoy it, but we'll see. We'll see. And I'll, I'll, I might have to tell you, tell you how that goes. But, uh, but yeah, the, the benefits of fasting are, are there. The benefits of vitamin D are there. Um, as long as you're getting good amounts of exercise, good amounts of essential nutrients, and you are on low, low carbs and you're getting in good vitamin D, you are going to be as healthy as you can be, right? Fundamentally, if, if you, if you handle those, those few, few points, right? Make sure you get your omega-3, omega-6 ratios, make sure you're, you're generally low carbs and make sure you're uh, getting vitamin D. That alone is, is really going to put your body in a good position to where it can handle everything it needs, right? That point on omega-3, omega-6s, these are additional vitamins that, that come through um, or nutrients, I think they are, but they come from different foods. And processed foods are going to have um, low levels of the omega-3s, high, high, like way too high levels of the omega-6s. And natural foods like fish are going to be really, really good in those ratios. They're going to get you the omega-3s, um, which your body needs. So oddly enough, right, if you eat good amounts of fish, um, like say if you were a fisherman or you lived near a lake, uh, where there was a good fishing industry, you'd probably be pretty healthy. If you lived in a place where where they got to eat a lot of that, um, you'd probably be in a pretty good spot. So I'm not surprised to look at human civilization and say, oh yeah, look at that, it grows near water, right? So you have agriculture, which generally gets you plants, which are okay, and it's good for larger populations. Um, and in areas where you have maybe lower population density that still have high achievement, you're going to see fish, you're going to see meat, 
You're going to see people outside doing things, exploring, innovating, creating. Um, this is, this is, uh, it's odd that fundamentally what you put into your body doesn't matter. Now, I want to be very clear, like St. Paul said, um, it's not what goes into a man's body that defiles him, but what comes out, right? So don't think that if you eat ice cream, you're a bad person. You're irresponsible, I would say. And if you didn't know that before, you know it now. Um, overindulgence in sugar and carbohydrates will lead you, will, will have the results in your body that are consequences of the broken and awful situation that our world is, is like. Right, where if you overindulge in bread, you will, uh, you know, bread and processed foods and you know, the like. If you eat too much of those, you're go- you are putting your body through unnecessary stresses. Sorry, that's that's the way that human biology works. You may live a long, healthy life because genetically you're you're predisposed not to have those issues. But um, now here's where I really wanted to tie it back in. Most people who are dying, or at least a, a severe, a serious majority of people who are dying, I said most, and then I said serious majority. That makes no sense at all, right? It's like I was correcting myself without saying it. But I do not know definitively whether I can say a majority. But many of the problems that are coming about with the virus that we have right now are that people are dying because of underlying pre-existing conditions, right? The amount of people who had diabetes or who had uh, lung problems, right? One of the reasons this was a big problem in China is because they have more smokers. And 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 honestly, I don't blame them because the air is bad there already. I've been in India and I've, I've had some times while I was in India where the air wasn't very good. Um, so China, I'm sure, has similar similar instances from its uh, industrial nature, the low, low regulation industrial nature, um, or just generally, you know, third world conditions. And so you've got a lot of you've got a lot of smokers. You've got generally bad air quality. That's not good for the lungs. And this this particular virus attacks the lungs. Right? It's a cardiorespiratory problem. Shortness of breath um, is a it's a it's a symptom. And one of the things I I saw today was if you want to check if you have the virus, just try and hold your breath for ten seconds. If you can hold your breath for ten seconds uh, without needing to cough, well, you're probably in pretty good shape. Uh, it's remarkable how simple that is. So if you have a bat, if you have unhealthy lungs and your body is exposed to a virus that attacks your cardiorespiratory system, you're in trouble. Similarly, if you have diabetes, right? And then you get this, uh, you are more likely to die. And what does that mean? That means that, that your body is not in a condition where it can fight this particular virus. Um, your immune system is probably not up to snuff, and you are generally you're generally at higher higher risk. So, older people, people with diabetes, right? People with other underlying conditions, like if you've got um, other other diseases in your body that you've been fighting, well, yeah, you've got a, that, that. You're probably going to die of that. You know, there's people if you if you have cancer and you catch COVID, I'm not going to say that the cancer makes it more likely. But I will say it probably makes them more likely to blame your death on COVID, which is not particularly um, good, but that's the world we live in right now. So that is to say then, right now, the best thing you can do is not quarantine yourself, 
right? That's not the best thing you can do. It's a good thing, but it's not the best. The best thing you can do is not uh, particularly to get a mask, right? A mask is going to help. It, don't hear me saying it won't. It will very, very much help. It will keep you from spreading the disease to other people, and it will keep other people from spreading the disease to you directly. It will not protect your clothes. It will not protect the air around you from, from the virus, but it will maybe protect, um, it will at least protect those around you, and it will definitely um, protect you from direct inhalation while you have it on. It's not perfect. But I would argue the best thing you can do right now is get in shape is make sure that you are eating good food. Make sure you are spending time outside getting vitamin D. Make sure you are, you're exercising at least a little bit. I mean, exercise is going to be great. You're going to be working out your cardiorespiratory system. You will be putting your body in better shape at the same time that it actually needs you to be in that kind of shape. You know, I talked about this with my, with my initial COVID uh, reaction video. I feel, I feel very fortunate to have decided to do something so crazy as fundamentally changing my diet at the same time as as that kind of change became uh, terribly beneficial. So um, one more point then on, on what you can do, and this is tying into fasting. One of the benefits of fasting is that your cells need to regenerate, right? Your, your, your body's cells deteriorate. It's a natural process. Um, of a fallen world that things decay, right? The laws of thermodynamics is, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed, but also things tend to move towards a state of entropy, right? Things tend to move to whatever state they are in the lowest energy. And if you add energy to a system, it's capable of being stable at a high energy state because getting out of that state requires a lot of energy. But the process of getting it into that state is, is requires outside, basically intelligence, um, and then there's always some state of decay that eventually will occur. So, according to natural law, everything in the universe is going to decay, including your body. I would argue that is a consequence of the uh, the fall, at least in part. So. What your body's going to end up doing is it's going to have cells that degrade, cells that lose quality, cells that, that get corrupted. This is the fundamental of cancer. This, you know, is that you have cells that, that mutate to, a, to such an extent that they then begin to multiply, to spread a, a problem. But when your body is without food for about 16 hours, your cells start, they stop trying to make new cells. Um, they stop trying to take in uh, nutrients and, and energy. And they switch over into cleaning mode. It's the, it's the most fascinating thing to, to look at. I'll, I'll see if I can um, add a, a link to this as well in the, in the descri description below. But your body has a cleaning mechanism. Your body has a way to recycle, to make sure that it is keeping itself healthy, right? And think about it. If you have a constant stream of energy going into the system, right, into your body, your body as, a, as, a, as an organism, it's going to constantly have to handle that energy. 
it's going to constantly have to put it somewhere. As long as it's got this ready supply, it's going to keep trying to do what it can do. But when you when you pull away the supply and you say, all right, start working off of your battery, start, start working off of just what you've got, it'll keep optimizing, it'll keep working on what it's doing, right? It'll keep feeding, but at a certain point, much like my own uh, little experiment this past weekend, at a certain point, it'll get comfortable and it'll say, okay, well, I'm not giving myself anything new. How can I improve what I already have? And your body does this naturally. Your cells do this naturally if you just don't feed them. And there's a lot of things about, you know, there's a lot of research online that you can look at about what does and does not break a fast. But this is the benefit. This is one of the benefits of fasting for a long period of time, right? Yes, there are good spiritual effects where you can actually take time that you would have spent eating or preparing food or you know, doing whatever you're fasting from, and you could spend that on in the Word um, and studying studying the Bible, studying the, the words of Christ and... and listening to the the holy writings, the sacred texts, studying them and, and listening to them and or spending time with other people to you know do what you should be doing, right? What you have been ignoring. There's a lot of benefit from doing that. Yes. Your body actually uses that as well, right? Just in the same way that fasting from social media can allow you to reset your expectations of human interaction. Just in the same way that fasting from food can teach you that you don't need food, it it also allows your cells to clean themselves up. It allows your body to regenerate, to renew itself. Um, it allows your mind to become clear in that you are taking some control, taking back some some conscious uh, power over your body and reminding yourself that it's good, that it is good, that, that your your body isn't a bad thing, and you should take care of it as best you can. Uh, so, yeah, that's my uh, my advice, I suppose, to you. Uh, if you're going to change one thing, and you happen to listen to this before uh, Thursday or Friday, I would I would advise take a day and don't eat. Right, it's not going to hurt you too much. You're you're indoors anyway. If you if you end up being about to die because you don't get food for one day. You should have plenty available. But in case things get bad, it's good to know how to go without. And even if they don't, it's probably a good habit. Not just for your spiritual health, and not just for your mental health, and not just for your physical health. For all of them. It is generally good to remember that man does not live by bread alone or by meat alone. And frankly... There are days where we could do without to remember truly what's most important. And it's not us. It's not us at all. It's that the world is over. The world is dead. The apocalypse has come, right? The unveiling of the future, the revelation of the epic history of humanity has been given to us. And it is that on a Friday afternoon, the king of the universe, the man who is God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, died.
He suffered and died and was buried. I look forward to remembering that, and I hope that you are willing to take the time to ponder on this great mystery as well, and I'd encourage you to do so on a little less full stomach than usual.